Hey, welcome guys to our show, 3D Traders. This is an opportunity uh, for you guys to understand three separate perspectives, three different ways to trade, and we give you a 3D vision on what's happening in our world today so that you guys can make some money. So my name is Max, I'm your host today, and I'm joined here today with Everson. He's the only man to have so many positions in the market that he has more positions than the stock in the S&P 500. No way. <laughs> we are no way. also joined with Patrick, Patrick the legend. Um, he's the only man I know that calls the market, tells them when they make a mistake based on news and say, hey, you weren't supposed to go up three points. You were supposed to go down five. Fix it now. <laughs> and so, you know That's what? True. Let's start real quick. And uh, so what was the most interesting trades that you guys uh, went through last week? And I want to start with uh, Everson. The most interesting trade I think that I've done was the U1. Uh, so I got in at $27 per share with the U1. Uh, Are you I was serious? Up, yeah, yeah. I got, I got in a little bit with that. And uh, so U-O-N-E, for you home gamers there, uh, I noticed that it popped about 2,000% uh, in a week. Uh, and it, it drove even the following day. Uh, I think this is on a Friday, if I'm not mistaken, to 4,000%, uh, you know, waking up into the trade, looking at 101% uh, on a high, uh, but having a little bit of FOMO before pulling back at about uh, a little over 60% profitability. So it's not too bad. Uh, you know, profit is profit. I'm, I'm happy to be able to uh, claim that profit at the end of the day. So, so. so is it is it safe to assume you made a couple of bucks on that one? Oh, yeah. More than a couple of bucks. It was a great trade. <laughs> Good. And, and was there another trade, an interesting trade last week that sort of stuck out for you? Um, I, I did a lot of options. Uh, let's see. Uh, there was one trade that I let me go ahead and log in real quick. But there's one trade that I did for uh, pretty high level uh, profitability. Um, can't think of it at the top of my head. Why don't we switch over to Patrick? And after Patrick, you tell us a little bit about what you've done. I should be ready to go. <laughs> well, I, I told you, Everson has a lot of positions. You know, he sees had, so many great apples, so takes much. care of it. I had, so, maybe uh, about, I had maybe about like, you know, five or six, maybe even eight option trades. And that's not even considering the stock trades that I yeah. did. But I traded out a lot. So I was up for the day, I think or for the week, I was up about a little over 2,000. So that's how my day went. Not a bad day, weekend. especially in this economy right now where people don't have jobs. And there's a great way to make money online when you know how to make it happen. Now, let's go to Patrick. What was a great, interesting trade uh, that you saw last week? Well, Max, I think that I agree with you. We've entered the kangaroo market. It's going to keep going kangaroo up and down. Market. So I am restructuring my portfolio portfolio i'm all about the theta gang baby it's all about the premium so give me that premium i'm back to selling options all week and collecting that sweet sweet premium <laughs> theta gang all the way there you go um so yeah. for myself well the kangaroo i can't take credit for that that was actually coming from uh patrick he's the one that you know sort of declared this market a, a kangaroo um, and so looking at the charts, I sort of understand what he's saying because the charts are looking a little chaotic and it's not giving me clear signals. 
Uh, I have transitioned my portfolio more into Delta trading right now just because of the big swings, but there's no clear signal. So what I did is I'm, uh, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I'm sort of doing some five-minute day trades um, just because I have to really zoom in to get some clear signals. So that's my interesting tr uh, trade on the SPY, just a couple of five-minute charts here. Not as bad as when I was doing day trading where I was looking at two-minute charts where things were just moving so fast. But anyways, so that's enough Perspective is that. everything. Yeah, Perspective exactly. is everything. So I got that stock that, uh, you know, the other trade that was pretty interesting for me was a spot, uh, spot Spotify. Uh, stock ticker SPOT is a June 19th, 2020 uh, 190 call uh, profitability. I, I did, I think I did closer to 100% on this one. Um, uh, there was a couple of news that I saw with uh, Joe Rogan and also uh, Kim Kardashian jumping onto the podcast exclusively for Spotify. Uh, let's just face it, I mean, Kanye West, he's worth billions and he's actually the number one for. Uh, his easies and all of that stuff uh, being sold online. Uh, so if you look at his profitability, he's worth a lot of money. Kim Kardashian is his wife. Dude. Where do you think that stock's going to go? It's just going to go higher from here. 7% on the next day. I think it's gone as high as 10%. Um, yeah, overall, I think it was like 17% uh, the next two days or something like this. Um, I'm, a, I'm a buyer still with Spotify. Because I think they got okay. some momentum that they created for themselves, but we'll see. Maybe after a pullback. All right. Well, you know the market's going to show a little bit of pullback, uh, especially the uh, in the futures. Right after uh, trading hours on Friday, it was sort of it. The spy dropped two bucks, so uh, yep, Monday yep. might be it might be down. Uh, yep. Moving on. So um, I had a question for you, uh, Everson. So right now, I, and we know that you're investing in in jd sort of the chinese online store it's getting some shares but i wanted to ask you overall are you seeing a big trend between market shares transitioning from a brick and mortar store to online stores and how are you taking advantage of that so i mean that's a big topic we could be here all day talking about it but there is a bit of a transition going i mean you know it's sears is already in trouble prior to um, this pandemic and everything. So, um, you know, Sears, JC Penney's, uh, do they come back? I, I think there's going to be restructuring. It's not that the money's lost completely, but I think the money is reverted and it's reverted to those warehouses where, you know, you could, you, you can have a warehouse like Amazon has a warehouse and just streamline everything online. Not to say that the brick and mortar stores will go away for good. Cause I think some of them have, and people, let's face it. I mean, the pandemic has showed that people like to still go and shop in stores. They like to see, touch, feel, and hold what they, the merchandise that they have and not just order it and say, oh, well, you know, this is not my size. Uh, nonetheless, well, it's I mean, a great experience. But, you know, since the malls are having a hard time staying open because of, of the virus. So now you have unemployment and, and you know, it's affecting these towns. So right. uh, are you seeing clear ways to take advantage of that trend? Sure. You buy UPS. High UPS okay. stock. It's the best of breed in this industry. There's no outside pressure that's you know being being created. Uh, UPS, FedEx, uh, but I, I, I'm personally biased with UPS. I'd be a big buyer of UPS just because of their uh, their branding and their ability to be able to you know you got that drone technology that they have 
uh, yeah. that that's just a, a cheat code. The only the only company, the only logistics company in the United States that has the FAA approval to be able to fly drones for for uh, brick and mortar stores like CVS. So, okay. Well, so continuing with that topic, Patrick, um, let's say that I'm investing into some brick and mortar stores that are producing or providing staple products. Um, should I still hold on to those stocks? Are they safer positions than a brick and mortar company that um, provides um, discretionary products? I think so, because there's some types of stores that are just going to be local staples that like when you need a product right now, you're going to go get it. I personally buy a lot of stuff online, like probably you guys too. But let's say that my computer breaks down. Well, I'm going to go buy the piece right now if I need it to get my computer running. If I Walmart? want, what's that? You go to Walmart? Uh, well, let's say that Best Buy has it. I'm going to go to Best Buy. So even if there there's a lot of competition from warehouses, you know, products that are shipped from warehouses, there's still some need for local stores. So Everson talked about CVS. There was Walgreen that's very good and people like it as a dividend stock. All of those uh, companies, I mean, I don't think that they're going anywhere. Also, we like to bash malls. And of course, right now with the virus, you know, malls are in trouble. But I think that there's going to be a new breed of malls uh, that are going to be more catered to entertainment. So, for example, Dave & Buster's is a company that a lot of people are bullish on because it's a totally different uh, type of anchor to the mall. It's more about entertainment and meeting your friends there and having fun. It's not necessarily about buying clothes, with which, yes, clothes you can just buy on Amazon now. But those type of local stores aren't going anywhere, and I'm very bullish on them in the future. So, They're just going to replace the older Macy's and Sears and stores like that. So you're you're telling me I can't order the experience that you would have a, in a Dave & Buster's in a box shipped from Amazon? I can't do that? <laughs> no, but you, uh, computer game uh, companies are pretty popular. Activision is very popular right now. But it's a totally different type. Like there's home entertainment and then there's entertainment with your friends. So as I mentioned, Dave and Buster is one of the ones that people are very bullish on right now. Because you can't really uh, have that experience. Like you can't order that on Amazon, you know. So those are companies that I think are still very strong and are going to rebound once this recession is over. So just right now, I mean, we've already been in this show for, what, 10 minutes, and you've already had amazing, amazing perspectives on the market, some specific <laughs> plays. This is awesome. Let's move on to uh, on Monday. We have a big event for Apple. Apple is one of the biggest companies in the world. They have talked about shutting down a few stores just because of a few more cases. But they're having their, uh, what do they call the WWDC uh, event, uh, 2020 event on Monday. And I'm not expecting some big news. In fact, on Friday, I thought about it. Hey, you know, should I make a play? Uh, because uh, there were some, there was a possibility that they were going to release some amazing information um, from my sources. It wasn't going to come out yet. So I actually held on the brakes. But I wanted to ask you guys the concept of, you know, when a big event like this, like a meeting, a conference, a quarterly earnings, 
how do you play it? Do you like to go in before the event and then maybe profit from the pop or drop, whatever it is? Uh, Patrick, what's your perspective? I mean, you can talk a little bit about Apple uh, if you fit, think that it's more than just a operating system release, uh, but more specifically events. How do you deal with events in a specific stock? Yeah, so in general, I personally try to avoid trading when there's an event. You know, I try to, because it's too difficult. Sometimes, even if they meet the numbers at the end, let's say we're talking about earnings, even if they meet the expectations of the um, analysts, often because it's baked in the price already, the stock still drops. So it's so difficult to predict how people are going to react to those news that I try to avoid it. But one of the popular strategies is to try to do um, buy a put and a call at a same strike price so that if there's a big move in one way, you can profit that way. However, you have to recalculate it well because the premiums are additive, so it can get pretty pricey. So you really need a big move. You can use that when you expect a really strong catalyst that's really going to affect uh, the price of the stock. But be careful, yeah, and, too, and with well, so personally, I, I like do that. that as well. I sort of like wait on the sidelines until something's happening. In fact, with Apple, what I usually do is I turn on the live stream. That way I'm getting the information. I'm also watching the stock. If I see something I like on both screens, both the charts and the live stream, then I'll get in or, or you know, vice versa. But Everson, how do you play big events like that? Do you like to go right. in before? Do you like to go after or maybe during? So I, I'd have to agree with Patrick, but I, I'd say... I just wanted to touch on that um, last straddle that you talked about um, buying buying calls and puts. Uh, be careful with stuff like that because especially when it's close to the strike price and you, you bid it close, taking advantage of momentum, you can get yourself caught in a situation like that. I, I'll, give you a, I'll give a personal example. When I bought calls of uh, Apple, right? Uh, earnings came around. I thought, you know, they got, surely they got good earnings. They changed the way they... Uh, accounted their earnings, um, it, it tended to work against them. They traded sideways, they traded down, they traded sideways. So when they start to trade sideways and you have that straddle, you're gonna get caught by both call and put, and you're gonna, you're gonna run expiration uh, worthless at the uh, end of the uh, contract. So uh, in, in my case also, um, I'm with Patrick, I would not trade uh, based primarily on just earnings alone. Uh, the mentor that got me into options initially uh, has also uh, said that uh, as a, a strong uh, sense of moving into option trade, don't necessarily base everything off of their earnings. There has to be other factors that kind of confirm the direction of that momentum. Good. There you go. You have three different perspectives. I mean, some of it was a little bit similar, but I like to go during patrick likes to look at after and everson sort of after as well um, hey max i have so, a quick question what do you like straddles so straddles are actually a lot more complicated than and people say and sort of everson kind of touched uh, on it a little bit uh because if you have a winner on one side that means you have a loser on the other side and your winner needs to be bigger than your loser for you to make a uh, um make money now, the problem that Everson was talking about, where if it sort of doesn't move, uh, that's sort of going against you. And when you're building that straddle, it's going to be that V shape. Um, and so if you have a line at the top of your V, 
um, that's sort of where the current price is. Is as time decays, your 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 straight line, 180 degrees, is sort of going to funnel down and become that V. So as time expires, it's going against you. So if you get into your position with Apple, nothing's happening for a day. Close your position out because the move you were looking for is wasn't there. You just move on. Or so let me, Max, I'm sorry, you're the host, but I have to ask Everson. So Everson, because you're our specialist with medical companies and uh, that make drugs and stuff. So straddles, are, do you like them for drug companies that have these big catalysts where if the drug's approved, it skyrockets. If it's declined, it tanks. So I would see an option to be able to do something like that. Um, but, you know, what I would do is I wouldn't play them on the same week. I would play them out. So, uh, like Max has talked to us over this past week, he's seeking more confirmation now, right? Uh, and always seek for that confirmation. So, if we see a pattern that's, uh, you know, we, we talked about channel trading, uh, trading within the channels, right? Uh, if we see the pattern start to, to develop within the, the one month or, or whatever, I'll show you a perfect example of a stock that trades throughout the year at a, at a good pattern. Our good challenge trade is a time, T-Y-M-E, right? You look at it, it, it has a defined support level. It has a defined resistance level. If you're doing these calls or puts, you want to put them out uh, long. And, uh, you know, you want to get in at the perfect execution. So you want to get in on the puts when it's when it's uh, very low. Uh, you want to get in on the, uh, the calls. Well, you want to get in on the calls where it seems like, you know, it's a put day. And you want to get in on the puts where it seems like it's a call day, you know. So that makes sense. But if you're dealing with pharmaceutical stocks, you're actually going to pay a, a higher premium just because the likeliness of the stock going high up or low high down is high probability. So yeah, the yeah. the puts and the calls are going to be more expensive. So now it has to move even more for you to make a profit. So a good straddle position is going to be on a stock that is very cheap. The volatility is very low. But the chance, because there's a catalyst event uh, for it to pop one direction is very high and it's not priced in. So that's what I would look for. But moving on, right. what are we looking at for next week? What are we expecting? Um, Everson, what are we expecting next week? So I, I want to see confirmation on moving forward for next week. I want to see how things go with the virus. Uh, I want to see politically and globally what happens uh, in and around our nation as well as the rest of the world. Uh, that would give me a clear, conscious decision on how to move forward from here. I'm tempted to do the um, U1 again, uh, just just for like a day trade or something <laughs> like that. Just see, you know, on a momentum trade, uh, see if I can uh, capitalize any on that. Uh, if it does open up low, I'm, uh, you know, depending on what the momentum is trading, I may put in a little bit on that and, and just pull out. Uh, but I'm definitely getting to a lot more day trades uh, moving forward. So we'll, we'll okay. see. But as far as the overall, we're probably going to have to get back on the next episode to determine what, what uh, can be developed. Okay. And so I'm sort of uh, along the same lines as Everson. I'm sort of kind of on the sidelines, but that's where I'm doing my day trading. I'm doing these nano trades. Well, not as, as nano as a computer, but I'm doing very small trades because that's all I'm seeing right now. So, Patrick, what are you looking for next week? What, what are you expecting? The kangaroo market is going strong. I don't think we're going anywhere. And the reason why, I mean, we've had, you guys are looking for confirmation all the time. Anytime right now there's a big move up, it's going to be followed by a big move down. Anytime there's right. a big move down, it's followed by 
a move up. People are waiting to buy and they're waiting to sell when it's the market's a little stronger. So I don't think we're going anywhere and we're all uh, exploiting that pattern in a different way. For me, the reason why I like the Teta trade is that I like that consistency that I, my, I actually sold out of my stocks because they had reached what I considered their peak for the current environment. So eventually, I, I don't really recommend that people try to time the market too much. But since I don't expect this, you know, a big move up coming soon, there's no point in holding it where it's not really going to do anything, especially if you can't sell options on it. So I'm just going to keep collecting my premium, build my uh, position for in cash, and then when the market drops, if it does, I'm going to start buying again. So there you have it. Three different perspectives. We trade very differently, but you can tell that we own our craft and the way we trade, uh, we're very skilled at it and very good at it. And we'd love to share our, our knowledge with you. Uh, Everson has his coaching program. Um, if you look at the uh, link below, you have his Instagram access, uh, Kaui for Life. So that's K-A-U-I, the number four, L-I-F-E. And then if uh, you're looking for a 30-minute free consultation with me, uh, that's just uh, the URL for that is calendly.com slash Max Hadwin. And so that's where, you know, you contact one of us and we'll, we'll sort of give you an idea of how we can help you and see if we can take you to the next level. But that's what this show is all about. We care about providing great traders because the market right now is is giving great opportunities, but it's also, you know, a lot of people are losing their job. How else are you going to provide uh, a great income? So that's what we're here for. We're trying to share the knowledge that we've spent years, blood, sweat, and tears accumulating and sharing that with you guys. Um, so that's basically what we have for today. You know, click like, subscribe, send us some questions. We love the questions and we will see you in the next episode. Uh, make it a great trade or not. The choice is yours. Take care.